the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. This is the the part of the, the podcast where we look at all the latest news within the industry and look at some industry-related topics. And we do have some news, not a massive amount, but there's some little bit of news we're going to dig into. And we're also going to be digging into the topic of CPD, what it is, should we be doing it, and all that kind of malarkey. This is the 22nd episode of The Green Room, and you'll be delighted to hear it isn't just me. I am joined by two splendid co-hosts today. I am joined by show regular Chris Benstead. How are we doing, Chris? All's good here. Excellent. And uh, Chris is a, a representative, a stalwart, and the founder of the DITC. And I am also joined by Richard Borges of Intelligent Instructor. How are we doing, Richard? Very good, Terry. Very good. All's well here as well. Excellent. So you do not have to listen to me waffle on because you'll get two very, hopefully, insightful opinions. Um, I am going to throw this one. In fact, no, let's go into the news first. Um, And the thing I'm going to mention first is the fact that the DVSA are indeed listening. From the last episode of The Green Room, which was the one where we covered uh, the, the DVSA, essentially, and their Are You Ready to Pass campaign. They have gotten in touch, and they did like what we spoke about on the episode, and they have since gone and made changes to their campaign to reflect what we've spoke about. So, gentlemen, we do need to be a little bit careful what we say today because people are listening. Chris, what are your thoughts on, first of all, the fact that the DVSA are listening to this podcast? Well, I'm, I'm hoping they listened to all of the bits not just when we were nasty about them um but no I, it's brilliant and it does show that they're doing what we've always asked we can't really complain can we if they're listening and making changes based on it and they were pretty pretty hot out the blocks as well it was you know it, it was hot off the press and and they'd already got back to us so yeah um a, a lovely email we both received and it's great that they are continuing to engage with the methods that that we are using to communicate. Uh, I'm sure that they are reading the uh, intelligent instructor as well and that they're using all of these things to see what's going on on the front line. Um, And I was a bit concerned because there were a number of big names that had uh, moved on to other pastures or retired, uh, at least officially, um, that we were losing some of that communication structure. So it's, it's great that there are people in place that are still listening to us waffle on. Yep, uh, and I think it's important that you know we just continue to make sure that we we're being tactful. We're not using any foul language. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's great that they're listening. Not necessarily just this podcast, but as you said, whether they're taking on board the intelligent instructor, whether they listen to Diapod or whatever, and they're taking action where they can. Because they can't just click their fingers and magic up ten thousand examiners or half the waiting list or anything like that. But they can go and make changes to the website based on what instructors have said. So, um, yeah, I'm going to throw this over to you, Richard. I'd actually like your opinion on that, on on whether the intelligent instructor has had any communication with the DVSA, how you found them. You know, I know that you've had members come into the expo and stuff like that in the past. Yeah, I think it's been um, a real 
a really nice developing relationship actually and as you touched on terry a, a few years ago we first got in touch with them about our first expo back in 2018 i think um time flies god doesn't it um but we had them come along and, and, and talk which was great um that was john sheridan um at the time and things have really developed with them and, and we're starting to get more and more communication channels open with them and actually the ready to pass campaign we actually had a briefing from them over a, a zoom session probably about two or three weeks before it came out um, and they explained to us what the campaign was they're very keen to make sure that um, instructors took it in the right way um, I think there was there was much more awareness of how the instructor market would take this message in so for example saying stuff like the pass rates have dropped, et cetera, et cetera. They knew what would come back. They knew that they'd done their research in terms of, they knew that instructors would think that this is a finger pointing uh, blame game, et cetera. And part of this campaign, they were very, very keen to make sure that that wasn't the case. Um, and they were very sort of upfront about that. And, and actually, I think even just acknowledging the fact that there's been maybe a little bit of a breakdown in communication between the DVSA and the instructor group, that in itself is a huge thing for someone to, or a big sort of government organization to actually say and admit, you know, I think that's the first step towards opening these communication channels and making things better. Uh, I'm very much sort of echo what Chris said, you know, the fact they're listening and not only listening, but they've taken action so quickly as well. Um, you know, it's a real positive sign. Yeah. I think it's awesome. And I mean, just coming on to the intelligent instructor for a second, and we'll, we'll speak about this maybe a bit more depth further down the line, but I, I love what you guys put out because the communication from intelligent instructor, I think is, is excellent. The, you know, the emails that you guys send out, it covers everything relating to our industry. It's not just like really specific stuff. It's like this may impact us and this may impact us. And so I think it's great that, you know, the DVSA come into you because you've got your, your finger on the pulse of instructors as well. But but going back to you, Chris, just with it, sort of are you ready campaign, were you happy with the changes they made? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, the issue we, we've said so many times isn't what they do, and it's not necessarily how they do it. It's how it's communicated. It's it's the communication is the is where it falls short historically, um, and you can't get it right because, and you know, as Richard said, they they know how certain triggers are going to be responded to. Um, that it's going to be about finger pointing, that it's going to be about you know the pass rate, and that's not our fault. Uh, it's all, all of those things because we we could have written it, but actually, what you know where where that needs to be dealt with is about communication. And fine, they can't do everything up front, but they've tried, but they've responded very quickly to to the things and, and clarified them, and you know and, and amended them and made the wording better. So if we can get really good communication with DVSA, two-way communication, how is that not going to benefit any of us? It's, it's, it's got to be useful. So, I, yeah, I, I, I liked what they said. Um, I liked the way that they said it and the fact that they were keen to keep the communication open. And, you know, I, I just hope that they're engaging with as many different bits of the industry because going back to when NASP was formed, and that was a rocky road for those that can remember it. It was, it felt like we don't want to talk to all instructors. We want one point of communication so that we can say that we're doing it, and and that'll be our offering. And it feels like they've gone a little bit the other way to go. All right, while we will engage 
with NAS being you know as, as strongly as we can and on lots of levels, we'll also have our ears open to the other sides of the industry and the other areas uh, which they might not have done previously. So I think it's got to be a good thing. Yeah, I think that's actually worth mentioning and, and, and highlighting that that relationship with NASP because that is their go-to. You know, as much as they might listen to this podcast and contact yourself, Richard, at Intelligent Instructor, NASP has to be their focal point. That's that's what they're there for. Um, and, and as, you know, going back to season three when I had the uh, the three guys on there, um, Carly, Peter and Lynn uh, from ADI and JSC, DIA and MSA, um, that's one of the things they highlighted is a lot of the stuff – that they speak about the DVSA, they can't talk about, and a lot of the stuff that that they go batting for, they might win, but it's not something they can necessarily promote. And I, I always think, imagine some of the stuff we would be getting as instructors if NASP weren't there to fight for us. I think a lot of the stuff that goes on, maybe we don't see. Uh, so I do think it's important to, to to mention NASP there. But yeah, I think the communication has has improved massively. Um, but I don't want to dwell on that too much because we have spoke about the Are You Ready campaign and DVSA quite a bit recently. So I think we can uh, maybe, you know, we might mention them later, but maybe put them to the side for now um, because there are a couple of little bits of news that I know you wanted to mention, Chris. I think the first one was sort of around the, the, the price of tests. I think there was a comment recently around the price of tests. There was a, an article, um, I, th- I believe it was BBC, and uh, it was the local head, uh, I think it was in the southwest of the MSA, who had said that probably amongst a number of other things he'd said, but what the report focused on was that they should be doubling the, the price of a driving test in order to put people off not turning up, uh, make it less disposable, um, and maybe get people to think, am I ready? Um, and to to be you know take it more seriously if you like, make it less of a I'll give it a go um, by doing the costing. I think we've all seen that. If anyone's done a a vocational qualification or the ADI tests, they ain't cheap. Um, and you know I I think that's a good thing. And therefore people do look at them and and they want to make sure that they're ready. And they might take training whereas they might have given it a go otherwise. Um, so I think there is there's evidence to support that. Um, we, the DITC, got contacted uh, by a couple of, of people that were asking, you know, is this – it was in conversation, but they were saying, is this MSA's approach to, you know, the, the information they're giving to via NASP to the DBSA? Is this the, the, uh, the recommendations that they were putting forward? So what I hate is all of the hearsay and stuff. Uh, which again is why it's nice having the DVSA actually answering questions. So it prevents the hearsay. So I, I went straight to the horse's mouth and got in touch with Peter Harvey, um, who's always happy to to have a chat and to advise. Um, he dug into it a little bit and said that actually they'd had quite a lot of support for the idea uh, coming from MSA members, um, and that you know it was it was part of a bigger conversation. Um, and I know as well as anyone that when you talk to the press, you have to be a little bit ready for whatever comes out of it because what you said or meant isn't necessarily what comes across in print. Um, but you know that it was it was definitely an option, but it wasn't a specific um, you know co- idea that that was being pushed pushed forward. It was um, it was a, an individual's opinion 
not that it was without support. Um, so, you know, I think thank you to, to Peter for, for coming back to me on, on that one and for clarifying it. And well done to Arthur, who was the guy who spoke to the BBC, because the more we can talk to the mainstream press and, and keep our case out there for the, you know, the, the ongoing suffering we're all having, both ourselves and our pupils, all the better. Um, you know, it's uh, it's important that we that we do that. So um, yeah, well well done to them, and it was it was really appreciated that they came back and just clarified that for us. Definitely, uh, I do have some sympathy for for Arthur though. When you think of his students who are going to read in that he said that uh, test price test should be doubled, um, I bet he got a bit of stick from them guys. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, Richard, actually, um, as someone that's not a driving instructor. Um, should the driving test price be doubled? I'd like to see some research on it, um, you know, and, and I think what Chris said makes a lot of sense, just listening to it for the first time. I think one thing that I've sort of noticed just in my history in the industry for 15 years, obviously I spent 10 years of those with the AABSM. We had 3,000 instructors with 40 pupils each, and, you know, each one of those instructors probably had at least one pupil who thought they were ready for test at all times and should have gone and didn't, and, you know, we had to deal with those those complaints. And I think understanding the cost to an individual not just that test fee because you're right if you take that that test fee in isolation it is a roll of the dice and you think you know what it's 60 quid 70 quid 80 quid even 100 quid you know it's something you can sort of go you know it's worth a go but when you then sort of consider especially with waiting times that you're going to then have to have two hour lesson every week to keep your standards up to up to scratch when you sit down with someone and you actually go through it in there nine nine times out of ten people go hang on a minute, you know, it's not just a little throwaway roll of a dice here. You know, this this could cost me, you know, a couple of hundred, hundred quid, if not thousands, you know, if, if I get this wrong. So actually, I think there's bigger educational piece that's required. And, and I'm not saying that's an easy job by any means. We've not been able to do it in the last 15 years that I've been in the industry. So, um, you know, this, this ready to pass campaign that we just meant, talked about, actually, I think it's starting to go down this road. Um, so, you know, cost of living crisis is a tough world out there. Um, if this helps the situation, great. Let, let, let's put it to the people. Let's see what we think. Put it to driving instructors. You know, you said about engaging with the right people. Um, you know, we could sit here and the three of us have our opinions. Who knows what the rest of the market feels like? And I don't quite know how we do that. But um, yeah, you know, I, I'd, I'd be open to things like that. And I think they're interesting ideas. And it's great to hear that there's more people thinking a little bit more outside the box about how to fix this issue rather than just say, as we said, oh, it's the DVSA's fault. Why don't they fix it? Why don't they get more examiners? Da, 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 da. So it's, it's, it's nice to see that we're going down in that, in that direction. Yeah. I think I've had a little bit of a change of heart at this one because I can remember speaking to a friend of the show, Bob Mon, uh, a little while ago about this topic. And I think he was for. Uh, an increase it was back when they did increase the price of the test by about 37p or whatever it was at the time <laughs> and i think that he put it out there let's double it let's triple it and i think i was a bit with that not strongly with that but kind of thinking yeah let's do it let's let's showcase the importance of this test but i think i've switched now because i'm seeing as you said richard that cost of living crisis and more and more people are struggling and they're struggling to pay for lessons as well and it's like all we're doing really is punishing them by doing it. It's not a deterrent. We're just punishing them. So what I wouldn't be against is a small increase, a small increase, sorry, to put back into the, the 
the DVSA to fund examiner recruitment or to fund, you know, an increase in, in wage for examiners to, to make that job potentially a bit more desirable. So I wouldn't be against an increase, but I think I've gone against the increase as in like double to try and deter people. Because I don't think it would, if I'm being honest, it would just make it harder as we're doing with everything at the minute. And I'm trying not to be political, but as we're doing with everything, we're making it harder for the lowest earners. And I think that's what we, we want to avoid. You know, if anything, yeah. maybe there's a way to make it easier for those guys, but that's a whole other show. Um, anything else you want to come back on that with, Chris? No, the only other thing that sprang to mind was the whether it would stop the slots that we see that are being going uh, – start again – whether it stops the ones that are going to waste – because actually, I think the problem with those is instructors are saying, no, sorry. People are saying, I'll give it a go. But once they've missed that deadline, they don't get any money back. So they then just think, I've lost it. That's it. They don't cancel it and make it available. Um, and I do think that's somewhere that the DBSA could potentially offer some kind of remuneration or, you know, even if it was something off the next test, um, you know, in, there must be a way to do, to do something. Because otherwise, once you've hit that that deadline for the cancellation, you lose all of it. Uh, there's no in- reason for people to cancel. So I think that's the other side of it. But it, as everyone said, it's really difficult. Um, if we could come up with the right answers, then we'd all be really rich. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that swear down they've got the correct answer and that everyone else is doing everything wrong, but let's not talk about those people. Um, we are going to talk briefly about the, the big learner relay because I believe you've got a little bit of news about that, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's back. Um, I did the big learner relay, um, the you know, mad idea by Louise Walsh. Um, I've lost track of how many years ago it was. Um, my, my head's saying 2015, but lockdown's kind of messed with time, hasn't it? So, um, but yeah, the Louise Walsh sat on her sofa thinking we could do something for children in need, planned to raise a couple of grand, um, and I think it was £89,000 later, something like that. Um, and she was sat on the sofa in the Queen Vic talking to Shane Ritchie about what driving instructors are up to. What amuses me is PDIs that have come through, uh, new instructors that come into the industry who think it's normal um, that people get together, relay around either their local legs or in some cases the whole country um, with Louise Walsh sat on the back seat. Um, uh, You know, it's just a daily occurrence. Um, and I believe I haven't got official figures, but I believe we're we've raised over half a million for children in need over the you know the to- the the whole relay from you know conception till now. Um, not to mention amazing goodwill in the industry, um, and I claim that the BLR is CPD because I've benefited more professionally from the engagement and interaction with some blooming awesome people than any course I've ever been on. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, the the BLR is back. The route is now officially on the website. Um, so you can go and see that we're starting out from Aberdeen, uh, taking a trip round um, to Kilmarnock, down through to Middlesbrough, my geography is rubbish, so I'm checking it on the map, but 
hopefully this means more to other people. Um, you know, it's going down to the southeast, Cambridge, a uh, quick trip round um, my neck of the woods um, in Kent uh, through London. Um, nice trip through Wales, which is always some of the, the favourite bits. They're going to Swansea. Um, and it's ending up at Goodwood. And I believe all of that's official. It's on the website now, so hopefully I won't get in trouble saying any of that. Because, um, you know, I'm on the committee, so I've known for a little while. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it is. If anyone hasn't been involved, it is one of the best things about the driving instructor industry. Um, I, I, it's great. And how, however you choose to engage, get in touch with the people that are lead cars locally. They will make themselves known. But if not, get in touch with the Big Learner Relay or get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch with them. And, and go and figure out how you can just join along, take a pupil. It Pupils that drive on the relay pass first time. The DVSA need to promote this because it's true. It's a genuine fact that the pass rate for pupils that drive on the relay is higher than for pupils that don't. Um, and the DVSA should promote it as part of their recovery scheme. And I'll get onto that one. So we just need what half a dozen big learner relays now, uh, just to get that back on track. One a week. One, one a week. Also, if that isn't official, you've got about twelve hours to let me know before I edit this podcast. Um, Richard, yeah. any thoughts on the big learner relay? No, I, I love the idea. Um, I've, I've loved it since Lou came up with it um, sort of many years ago. As Chris said, I, I can't actually remember the year, but I was at the AA at the time and. We actually reached out to Lou, um, and I don't know if she'll remember this, but you know, said that we, we'd, we'd support it in terms of trying to get as many of our franchisees involved, and we communicated it to, to our guys and encouraged people to get in touch and, and be involved. And, and obviously, we've continued that with Intelligent Instructor um, and, and you know, communicate everything that, that needs to be done, trying to help fix those any gaps where there's no instructors around or whatever, which is very rare these days with the size it's gotten to. Um, I've just got this picture in my head now, since you've said that, there's this constant snake of driving instructors 24-7, seven days a week, just never stopping. Um, so that's sort of stuck in the back of my head. But no, I, I think it's a, it's a brilliant thing. And like Chris said, you know, the amount of money they've raised for good causes and things should be um, can be nothing but admired. Um, and everyone that talks about it, everyone that comes across it loves it. You see all the spots on the cars and pupils love it. So, yeah, you know, just an, another great thing that the industry's done that probably a lot of people don't think twice about anymore and just think that it's normal when, um, you know, th- these things are, are extraordinary. I'm sorry, but that quote there that you just said, Richard, just, just you know, when someone just resonates with you, another great thing the industry has done. It's, it's mm-hmm. like it, we're, drive, we're driving instructors, but it's another great thing the industry has done. And I think that, that sometimes we forget that we do do some really awesome stuff, whether it's a big learner relay, whether it's raising funds elsewhere, whether it's just helping people that are struggling to learn to drive, you know, and helping each other. And, and I, I don't know, I, I thought that was quite profound. Another great thing the industry has done. I think, you know, I've been on with yourself before, Terry, and we've had sort of conversations. I try to be as positive as I can. And I think through 15 years of the industry, we beat ourselves up a lot. You know, drive instructors beat ourselves up a lot. We look at the industry and people go, oh, it's a really slow moving thing. We're slow with technology. We don't do this very well. The DVSA do this. Da, 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 da. And we beat each other up a lot. But actually, when you take a step back, there's so much positivity and so many things come out of this. And actually, we're involved in you know, even just getting people to pass their driving test. When I take a step back and think about how much freedom and what that enables people to do sometimes, 
think, oh, wow, you know, what, what an impact you've had on someone's life. Um, you know, and I think sometimes it's good for driving instructors just to take a step back and think, you know, that's incredible what I've done there, you know, um, the impact of positivity um, and the sort of the great impact I've had on people. And, you know, that's, that's, that's before we go into things like the big learner relay. And I think sometimes uh, that's what we did awards a few years ago. You know, it's great to celebrate the good things that we do, you know, not just the bad. I need to get you on more often to cheer me up. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the only thing I'm going to mention on the big learner relay, a little bit of an exclusive, there will be some instructor podcast uh, involvement this year. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But before we go any further, let's take a moment to set the table. Uh, let's start with yourself, Chris. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about the DITC? Uh, yes, I'm Chris Benstead. I am the co-founder of the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective, the DITC.co.uk, and it's a signposting platform for the driving instructor industry so that you can find the awesome stuff that we all talk about um, and more because the industry is notorious for making things difficult to find. Uh, my 12-year-old's just got into uh, metal detecting um, and that's easier than trying to find beneficial things inside the industry sometimes. And then you talk to other people and they go, oh, I've been using that for years. So we we are the home of the, you know, the Treasure Hunters uh, Guild for the driving instructors industry. Cool. And Richard, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and the intelligent instructor? Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Richard Borges, and I look after um, everything intelligent instructor, which is basically digital stuff. Um, work alongside a gentleman called Richard Stores, um, and we've been running intelligent instructor just the two of us now for a couple of years. Um, obviously, started off as the publishing. Uh, business where we sort of had the magazines and then we've moved on to uh, more of a digital focus following covid which obviously restricted us from sending printed printed magazines out and doing that sort of stuff so we've had to sort of uh, change our approach and obviously we now do the expo um do a national one do a more regional one every year at the moment and of course the intelligent instructor awards as well so um which again much like what chris said really we're just trying to um make people aware of the things that are out there and if there's things that we can do to try and support people's journeys as a driving instructor then you know we'll, we'll come up with an idea that, that ticks that box cool and for those of you that are listening for the first time i am terry cook i'm the host and creator and founder of the instructor podcast you can find everything you want to do with that over at the instructorpodcast.com all links for that and these guys and the big learner relay will be in the show notes uh, you can find it in the show notes and on the website and if you enjoy this and want even more stuff, you can check out the premium content as well, where for £10 a month, you get a whole host of exclusive discounts and a whole host of awesome content. Go check out the website to find out what. But I'm also going to take a moment for one other little plug that starting with this episode, every episode that comes out, if you go and check out the blog after the episode, you will find a couple of things. You'll find a full transcription of the show, which uh, I thought would take about an hour to do, but actually takes about six. But you'll find a full transcription of the show. You'll find links for the show, links for stuff in the show, and you will also find a link for my new notes page. That's basically an individual page where you can make notes on the show. So as you're listening, you can make notes for anything that you might want to take going forward and the individual for the show. So you can store them nicely away to refer back to and yes, I have been asked, uh, so I'm going to make it clear now, that going forward there will be the Instructor Podcast ring binders to keep them in. I will add it to the list of things to do. So yes, the theinstructorpodcast.com. 
But today's main topic that we are talking about, which we've touched on already, is CPD. It's a very... It's a controversial. It's it's very debated. It's very heated when you see anything discussed around CPD. Uh, I'm going to ask you again, uh, Chris. First, what does CPD stand for? What is it? There's a few definitions, isn't there? Continuous professional development, continuous personal development, but I prefer the professional. You know, it it's doing stuff that makes you better. That that's it, really. And if you look at other professions, they all do it. And I was having a read on something that said anybody that's got a profession that is um, overseen by a professional body will have to do CPD. And then in brackets, except for driving instructors. Why? Uh, at the moment, all we've got that is official is a standards check. That's your CPD, which is find out whether you're not good enough and then try and go and fix it makes awesome sense um yeah i i don't get it i was really lucky when i came into the driving instructor industry i met an awesome lady called lynn webb uh who firstly taught me that um there was another way that you could do what we now refer to as coachy stuff um and she introduced me to the the associations and and the different companies that were offering training and, and courses. Um, and she, you know, came out and sat in the back of my car and told me I was crap. Um, no, she was very positive um, about how I could improve a lot. Um, but, you know, we've got this sausage machine of introducing people to the industry. I'm yet to meet a PDI that's come through the, the mainstream channels that gets told about associations and ongoing courses unless they're the ones with that specific um franchise or you know tra- training organization they don't look at the, the bigger world of how we can improve things so you know C- cpd is is all of that anything that makes you better yeah and i think the the interesting thing for me uh, and this is kind of what sparked up this this topic for me for today was seeing a post on on facebook recently and, and those of you that listen regularly know that i like to scan to get a feel for the room on, on social media and it, it just struck me because someone asked about cpd uh sort of what cpd people do i can't remember the exact question but it was like every response was about a trading course or, or going to like a presentation that sort of thing and I do think there's a bit of a misconception that when someone talks about CPD, we feel like we have to go and sit down for six hours and be spoken to. But it's so much more than that. You know, I started writing a list of CPD that I sort of partake in, and I had to stop because it was too many. But there's seminars, presentations, um, blogs, books, podcasts, one-to-one training, magazines, subscriptions, courses, Facebook groups, webinars. There's more than that, but there's that much stuff that we can we can partake in, and it's something I'm, I'm really passionate about because it's not all about taking money. It's not all about that. Although I am a big believer in paying for what you get, I mean, you know, maybe we can touch on that in a moment. But you know, you listen to this podcast, you you're taking in development, whether that's listening to it and taking listening to what we spoke about before about the big learner relay, and you're developing personally because you're thinking. Actually, yeah, that's a really good thing. I'd like to do something good. 
or maybe it's uh, the professional side that now you're seeing all these different areas of CPD where you're going to go and develop. But this podcast is doing that. I mentioned about this, the, the notes before. You can make notes while you're doing this. You don't have to use those sheets. You can use a notebook. You can use any form of paper you want. But you can go and make notes on all this stuff, and you've got that to return back to. I mean, the podcasts are there to stay. You can always return back to them. So it's just a really good example of a free CPD resource. But I just see so much reluctance from so many people. But the the question I want to ask you, Richard, is as someone that's not a driving instructor, and I realize I keep putting that caveat on, but but as someone that's not a driving instructor, what sort of CPD do you take to help you or have taken over the years? Yeah, I I think think you're spot on. Before I go into what I do personally, I think it's worth mentioning and building on what you've both said there completely agree it's something that makes you better and one misconception i think that's been in a lot of driving instructors minds that i've talked uh, spoken to in the past has been that it's about making them a better trainer so technical aspects you know how can i do this better when i'm teaching someone to drive and there's always about the skills around being a sort of teaching a skill or you know being a teacher whatever when actually it's so much wider than that you know we spoke about well-being and things like that you know mental health awareness and just things that not necessarily just outside of your sort of just day job, you know, there's so far CPD can go. Um, and, you know, it has to have some kind of limit. Otherwise, like you said, Terry, you'll just go on and on and on. And <laughs> before you know it, you'd be listening more things than ever. But I, I would probably say uh, just as an action point for, for your listeners, why don't they do the same as what you've done tonight and just sort of have a think about it, have a take a step back and say, what CPD have I done or what do I think could be classed as that? Um, you know, we spoke about the expo coming along to a, to an expo for the day. You could listen to eight different speakers and speak to nine different uh, sort of providers about different things or experts like yourself and Chris. Um, you know, that's all development. That, that's all, all things that can tick that box. So, um, you know, I, I would recommend, recommend doing that. Um, me, myself, I, I'm a digital marketer, so I'm really lucky. My job is online. You know, I, I live and breathe on these laptops constantly i'm on my, my phone more hours of the day than most kids unfortunately but um you know i'm lucky there's so many digital assets out there if i want to go and learn how to do paid search on google you know google have got this great digital garage that you can go off and see i, I just log into a, a news thing every day which is all about tech and um marketing and it gives you sort of things of other case studies of what other people have done um what's going on in the industry that sort of thing like just just reading the news that's CPD for me, you know, I've developed what I'm doing and I can go into a conversation. Um, I'm not a driving instructor, but I can read something from the DVSA. I can have that briefing on the ready to pass campaign. That's given me personal development so that I can sit in a, on a podcast with two expert driving instructors and be involved in that conversation. Whereas if I didn't have that, I, I you know, I don't have no idea what you're talking about, to be honest. So I think it's, it's just about understanding um, how you build as a person. And you know, I think Chris, you know, hitting the nail on the head, making you better, not a better trainer, not a better driving instructor, making you better in, in every sense of the word. I mean, with these podcasts, what's awesome is that I get to talk to people like yourselves. And this is CPD for me. You know, this is my development. I get to pick your brains. I get to learn from you. Now, other people might listen to it, but I get to actually ask the questions and develop from it. But, you know, and. I don't want to just bang on about this podcast, but I think it's a really good example of like, like you were saying there, the different, the different types of uh, the different topics doesn't have to all be about ADI specific. And I think back to this 
this podcast, you know, we've got our topics on physical health and mental health and stress and safeguarding and standards checks and confidence and social media, SEO, mindfulness. You know, I, I had someone come in who was um, like a yoga trainer. And I think it was that episode, Chris, where you text me and said, I don't know how you're going to make this fit into driving instructors. And then afterwards you went, but you have, <laughs> you know, and it, it's relevant. We, I, I get these people mm-hmm. in from other industries and fit it in. And that's how I learn. It's not just from industry-specific stuff. I'll go and find these other awesome people. So whether it is, uh, as I said, mentioned before of Intelligent Instructor, Richard, you're not just bringing in proper ADI-specific stuff. It's stuff that's relevant. And you go and find other places and other people that are relevant. You can learn so much from them and taking these other skills. And that, that takes us away a little bit from this 80s mindset of, you know, you get in my car, my rules, shut up and drive, you know, sort of thing. And and I don't need to learn anything. I've, I've got all the skills I'll ever need and, and we can develop. And I just think that I really do believe what's the problem in trying to be better and trying to learn and try to develop and, and not rest on your laurels. But I realize I'm also starting to get a little bit preachy. Uh, so I'm going to step back off my soapbox. So well, I'm going to come back to you, Chris. I'm going to ask you, what are some of your favorite forms? And I, I'm actually going to say one other thing before I do. I'm going to keep using the phrase CPD, um, and you can interpret that however you want. I don't like it, but I think that if we talk about either CPD or development, that's the phrase I'm going with. So what are some of your favorite forms of development, Chris? Yeah, for, for me, the thing that I feel changed in the industry in the way that cpd was was done and i'll put my cards on the table i I think it should have been made mandatory in some way um i think that it might come around again um but i I think we missed a trick and you know it we those of us that already do it doesn't affect us but if we want everybody else to figure it out then you've got to mandate it and you know i in life, I'm not really big on regulation and, and, you know, people being told what to do. But I think sometimes when you're wanting that maximum standard, you've got to pull the minimum standard up. So, you know, but the thing that really sort of changed things and I was heavily involved in was Facebook and Facebook groups and social media uniting individuals inside of a group. And it was there 24-7 and it's been the bloody bane of my life ever since <laughs> in a lot oh. of ways um just a, a quick nod to kaz my other half because she's an absolute bloody diamond and she puts up with a lot um and her, she's an expert on the driving instructor industry because of it um oh. but she it's, if anyone's looking for someone to employ take her off my hands but <laughs> facebook I, I started the first facebook group for driving instructors the dark side as it's become known, but I'm a driving instructor and I'm on Facebook and it started with how many instructors can we get in one place? Cause we've got something in common and the thing that we all had in common rapidly became clear, which was problems, complaints, issues. Um, and, and that's where it sat. But what also came off the back of that is where the big learner relay came from. Without Facebook, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have been what it was. And and just to clarify, 2014, and it was £65,000 in the first year, just because I'm on the committee and I should be getting these things right. But <laughs> the, um, 
you know, the big learner relay came from there. There's loads of companies that have been able to engage with the industry and, and chat with their customer base in a way that wouldn't have been possible without social media. Do I class social media as CPD? Yes. If you choose to use it in that way. But that doesn't mean that you sitting on Facebook having a bitch and being a keyboard warrior and all of that stuff. No, that's not CPD. But if you are developing and improving because of something, if you're able to ask a question, admittedly, 10 instructors, 11 answers. But if you're able to ask a question to find out where to find the answer, which is my best bit of advice to everybody, don't ask people for an answer. Ask people where you can find it. They'll point you in the correct direction potentially intelligent instructor, potentially the DITC, maybe go and listen to a podcast if you can find a good podcast. <coughs> Dipod. <coughs> <laughs> They're very good, those guys. So they, you know, ask where you can find the answer. I, I, I think it was Terry I said it to the other day, but, you know, so someone said, how have I managed to do in my career the things that I've done? I'm better on Google than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's That's, you know, where I go and find stuff, I, I've got a questioning brain. I want to find the answer. I go and look it up. That's CPD. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not the complaints necessarily. It's the solutions. I think the thing around social media there is fascinating. Uh, you mentioned Facebook in particular, in that the same people you will see saying that they will never ever do any form of development are the same people you see asking questions on Facebook. Like that, that's literally development. You are literally going into this this place that is set up for our industry and saying, help me with this problem, and then someone is helping you with that problem. That That's almost the exact definition of development. You are developing yourself via that. But again, that goes back to, I think, what I was saying before about people have this misconception that you have to go to attend a course to get this development. But as we've discussed, there's so much more. One of the things I've come to realize recently is that I don't like a lot of presentations. I I like being presented to. But I don't necessarily want to be involved. I, if you know, if I go to a, a seminar or some kind of presentation or course, I like being spoken to. I don't want to be actively involved, up and running around and writing on boards and all that kind of stuff. It's just not for me, and that's not criticizing it. There'll be other people that gain more from that, but I'm not someone that learns that way. So I'm really having to take a think about what I do going forward because a lot of these courses do do that. So going forward, I'm going to be very specific when I look at courses and just be like, okay, what does this entail? Because if it entails that, I'm not going on it. Not as an ultimatum, but that's just me looking after myself. So when you are looking at these courses or, or anything, you know, dive into it, find out what suits you. There may be one that's got all this interaction that's right up your street, or there may be one that's literally someone speaking to you for two hours, which might be perfect. And, and my preference is always stuff that's less engaging, which I realize probably most people don't like, but I like the stuff where I can just sit back and listen, sit back and watch and, and take it in and make notes and almost just go through that at my own pace after. But I think the other question I wanted to ask you, Chris, in, in particular is the the co-founder of the DITC, is if someone sort of new or, or whatever came to you and said, I want to start on my development journey. I've been in this game 20 years. I've never done anything. Where shall I start? Where would you point them? It, it gets asked a lot. Um, people do get in touch and they suddenly say, you know, I've realised sometimes because of a standards check that 
I don't get it, that I need to do more, that I want to change things, but I just don't know how. They're my favourite kind of instructor. They're the ones that are willing. We haven't got to pull teeth with them. What we've got to do is is show them a, a direction that's going to work for them. So mm-hmm. I tend to divide things up. I talk about their driving and do they want to go and do a practical skill that's going to make them a better driver? Because if so, you can do it for free um, or for as little as, I think it's 25 quid with Rossbar. Um, you know, it, you can go along and do an advanced driving qualification. You can work on those those practical driving skills, which will give you something to go and work with your learners on. Um, do you want to develop your your theory knowledge, your your um, technical knowledge about what, or challenge it even of what's going on? In which case, when was the last time you read the Highway Code? Start there, because um, so many people don't revisit it. Um, or do you want to work on your business? Do you want to go and and figure out something to do with websites or social media? And, you know, as Richard touched on, it used to be in particularly IT side of things, you had to go and do a qualification. It would likely have Microsoft attached to it or something like that and cost you an arm and a leg. Now we've got these little accessible courses where you go, all right, I need to be able to do this today. And it's a bit like Neo in the Matrix. You plug it in the back of your head, you sit and do the short course, and then you're an expert on it. And you can go on and you've got enough. But that, especially if you have to go to someone who's got to pay for it for you, um, that makes it affordable. We're in an even better situation. We've got to pay for it ourselves. But it's tax deductible, so we should acknowledge that. Um, My advice is work out your tax liability and see if you can invest it in something that's going to stop the tax man getting it um, because you will benefit tenfold from that. So it's figuring out what, what's going to suit that person. And it's not necessarily what's your weakest point, because if you're trying to get into doing CPD and development, doing something you're not good at is not always the way forwards. Sometimes find what you enjoy most and go and tackle, tackle that um and you know potentially chat with your pupils and and see if they can help you figure out what you should go and develop what are you good at i think that that is a perfect answer for 11 months of the year um however this show is going out on the 31st of august so for one month i think there's an even better answer to that which is send them to the expo um, because there you're going to get to spend a full day wandering around, seeing all these awesome people. You get to pick and choose what you want to do and then where you want to go. And, you know, as if by magic, we've got an expo expert right here. And my first question for you about the expo, Richard, and I'll keep in mind whose podcast you're on. Uh, what are you most excited about this year at the, the expo? Uh, well, there's a rumour that there's going to be a special recording of a certain podcast um, happening on the day. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll let you give a little bit more detail on that. But um, iPod. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the iPod guys will be there, of course. But, um, yeah, no, we just. Um, but, no, I, I think, um, you know, we're really thankful to Terry for getting involved. We love to have the idea of a podcast being recorded on the day. Um, and the fact that it's a, a big number for you is is a fantastic thing. So I think that's going to be a really special session, actually. We've we've always had lots of good speakers. This is something that we've never done before. Um, so, yeah, th- that, that is something that I think would be really good. Um, 
in terms of CPD, actually, one thing I wanted to jump in, and you know, this sounds very convenient, but one of the best ways I actually learn is by speaking to people face to face. I'm not really a person who can sit in a crowd and sit in the fifth row in the corner and just nod my head and write my notes. I need to engage with people face to face, and I need that conversation. Um, and then that sort of gives me ideas. They'll talk, and that'll put something in my head, and you know, I'll then snowball in my head with that whilst I'm still trying to talk to people and I've run off. My brain's over here, but my face is here, sort of thing. So um, that's one of the best ways I do it. And I think driving instructors in particular in the last few years have been really good at starting to understand how their learners learn. So you know, my pupil, this one likes to do it, um, and we use these cards this one likes um an app this one likes little models of toy cars to show them how to do maneuvers or whatever i'd love to know how many of driving instructors have done that to themselves how best do i develop um and i think that number would be really small actually um i think they're very good at doing it outwards to, to learners and pupils but doing it inwards themselves to say you know actually and like you said, rather than spreading myself too thin or going on these courses and getting very little out of it because it's just not your cup of tea, um, going out there and thinking, right, I've got a brief for myself, which is to go and find this, which is either an engaging session or you know a, a presentation or face to face session, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we run virtual masterclasses, um, and actually, funny enough, another plug here, we've got uh, our very own Chris Benstead joining us for one in September. So, um, which is all about sort of helping your learners through the theory test, um, and again, probably something that the driving a lot of driving instructors just haven't even given much thought to. Um, you know, a, a lot of the time that gets parked off as something that. You know, learner goes off and does themselves, unfortunately. But um, we know there's a lot of instructors that do get involved in that process, and and instructors should be more aware of that. So um, I think it's up to, like I said, each individual. But uh, the expert itself is is set to be our biggest and best yet, which is um, great news. I think just touching back on what you said then about the engagement, I thought that was interesting because it's almost the opposite to where so I was saying how I learn, and again that just shows that different people learn different ways. But I think, you know, looking at the expo, I think that's an excellent example because you could go and easily, you know, catch six to eight presentations, 20 to 30 minute presentations, get ample, you know, knowledge and ideas from that. But you might come away from those, those eight presentations with three names written down. and like, I'm going to come back to these. And it's like, these are where I'm going to go and invest my time and money because that's where I want to develop. And again, a little plug to, to my own podcast here. That's what this podcast is great for. And so many people do it that they'll listen to 20 episodes and from those 20, they'll learn plenty, but there'll be one that resonates and they go, I'm going to find out more from, from that guy. But I think that's a brilliant way to do it. You know, go and get this stuff for free as much as you can find and then find the person you want to invest in. But uh, coming back to the expo, Richard, um, are we going? To get, are we going to get a thousand this year? Are we going to do a thousand through the doors? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love that. Um, I have to say, it's something that we've always had. You know, we haven't got an office, but if we had one, it would be on a big piece of paper with like a big, uh, big love heart around it. And you know, we'd be we'd be pushing for it every single time. I think it, it's been a real tough time with the expo. I have to say, um, we launched it. 2019 i think um was the first year we were a bit unsure what to expect because we'd never done one before then covid came along um in sort of scuppered plans um and then i think the first time we came back we had um still covid obviously as a potential issue 
and uh, the fuel crisis was at the time, I believe, as well last year. Uh, was literally that whole week. The whole press was, you know, um, fuel crisis, and that almost seems nothing compared to what it is now. But uh, there we are. So there's always something to sort of put a bit of a downer on things. But you know, it, it's so nice that every year we see different people walk through the door. You know, of course, there's going to be 250 people. I could probably write write down their names and and take pictures of them now and show you exactly who's going to be there. But the good thing for me was every time we've done an expo, there's always a couple of hundred people there that I've never seen before. Um, and I think that's a, a really positive thing, actually, because we don't want it to just be the same people that turn up because then even the people that do come every year, which, of course, we welcome as much as the new people having different people refreshes that show and gives you new people to talk to new faces. And you say like about presentations, I've signed in a few myself and I'll sit down and just before the speaker's speaking, you sat next to someone who's got something in common with a driving instructor, you know, we're in the same industry. I'm not a driving instructor, but we work in the same field. So, you know, just saying hello and just having a chat and getting to know people. I think that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. So you mentioned before about uh, the Instructor podcast being recorded live. That is the 100th episode overall, so it's uh, it's pretty special for me, and I appreciate that you give me that opportunity. Uh, we'll be announcing over the next few days who the guest is going to be, but um, I'm really, really looking forward to that. It does excite me quite a lot, and I appreciate that is going to be your favourite thing on the day, clearly. But what else? What else have you got in store? What other? Uh, what else can you tell us is going on down there? Well, I think the big thing that most people are going to be looking forward to is obviously there's a session with the DVSA. Um, we've touched on the DVSA um, a little bit today obviously on this podcast. Um, and we're delighted that Love Day is committed to coming along again. Um, and we'll be doing not only an, an update from the industry, but also a bit of a Q&A as well. Um, we'll try and get as many questions in advance. Um, you know, and, and we're always cautious that we want to control control that session. But um, really, really pleased to have her along. And... Uh, should be joined by big trainers. We've really got training as a focus for us this week, uh, this year. And um, we've got Lynn, Racing Gray, um, Lou's coming along. So there's going to be some of the big heavy hitters in terms of expert trainers that are going to be able to um, give people a real steer on things like standards checks. Right, so it sounds like there's some pretty awesome stuff going on there. Uh, and I was down there last year, and I very much enjoyed that. I did the sort of the, the special episode on it where I spoke to quite a few different people. Uh, and if 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 you're listening, loved it. I will be trying to grab a few minutes with you at some point. Please do not run the other way. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm obviously going to be recording now. Hopefully, I'll grab a few other people, and I would say that how can I phrase this? It's probably worth going just to see the t-shirt I'm going to be wearing alone, and I'll just leave that. <laughs> Leave that hanging there. Okay, Chris, so uh, obviously Richard is going to be uh, a fan of the Expo. He runs it. Are you? I'm putting you on the spot now. Are you a fan of the Expo? And if so, why should people go to it? I professionally, absolutely, personally, I don't like people. Um, and I, I share this because, firstly, a lot of people don't believe it. Because often, you know, if there's a group of instructors, I'm likely to be involved. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that don't go because they're worried um, about the social bit or just the crowds. And, and I hate all that stuff. Um, I think FOMO does it more than anything else. That I feel that if I'm not going to be there, I won't know what I've missed. Um, so, yeah, I, I think everybody should go. Go and see whether they are for you. What I've loved um, and the change that I've seen 
is when I first started, and it was very much an association conference. Um, you'd go along, and different associations did it differently, but pretty much you sat down, got lectured to about stuff, and there might be a few trade stands. The development towards more of an expo approach and the the change there where you can um, suck it and see and, and go around and have a chat with different people the increase in PDIs that are finding these events and newly qualified instructors, I think there's a real issue for experienced instructors, those that have been doing it for years. These PDIs are coming through with really strong training in coaching, client-centered learning, um, modern approaches, mindfulness, all of those things that Terry has people talking about on the podcasts. Um, they're getting that at the grassroots. They're coming in with that understanding. There's some catching up to do for people who trained 15, 20 years ago, and it wasn't a thing. Um, so, you know, the, these are the events to come along to, to go and get a taste of what's out there to see whether you are missing something. And it's not, as Richard said, it's not the faces. It used to be, I knew everyone in the room. Um, I'm really bad with names. So I normally have someone stood next to me to whisper names in my ear, um, like the celebrities do, because I genuinely struggle. So if you ever meet me, just introduce yourself and assume we've never met before. Um, you know, it, it's I love it when people do that, because I, I connect you with your Facebook profile. But the um, the people in the room, you knew who was going to be there. It was very rare to find someone you didn't know. Now, I still know probably 25% of people coming around. Um, and I get people that come up that I've chatted to online and never met in person. But there's people that I've never heard of, never come across in the industry, who are really engaging, incredibly knowledgeable and I love it. It's a massive leap forward. And I think we've got that that change in, in approach to things. We've got the expo to thank. We've got the associations that are engaging with the expo. They could have all turned around and said, it's not my ball. I don't want to play with it. And I don't think any of them have. Richard will put him on the spot and see if any of them... <laughs> No, 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 absolutely. I, th I think obviously we've worked with the ADI and JC in particular really closely with all of our conferences. But anyone that's been along to the last few, so for example, DIA were at the, the South one in Kempton, the last one we did, um, MSA likewise. Um, you know, we, we we're keen for everybody to be involved. Um, there, there is no no locked doors. You know, the more people, as you say, the more people that are there to engage with the industry, um, the better. And you know, let's not beat around the bush. These guys have got a huge contact list, so if they can get hold of their members and say, "Come on, come along to the expo," then it's great for us, and we'll be even closer to hitting that that dream number of a thousand people through the door. And I think one thing I want to mention actually is, and Chris touched on this. When we say that there's a thousand people, that sometimes can be a bit scary and people can think, well, this is going to be like this huge rush of people. Um, and touch wood, so far, it's never felt like that. It's never felt like it's been an overcrowded event. Um, it's never felt like people are on top of each other. It's never felt um, like a situation where people couldn't get in a speaker room because it's too full or whatever else. It gets very busy for the DVSA briefing. That's probably the, the biggest one because, you know, everyone's going to flock to that. Um, 
But, you know, you don't have to go to that if you don't want to. You know, the, the whole point about the expo is choice. If you want to go and sit and listen to a, spe- a specific speaker, great. If you don't, no problem. You can go and have a wander around the trade stands. If you want to go and speak to the guys who run electric vehicles, you know, these guys turn up. We don't give them anything. They turn up just because they're really, really passionate about driving electric vehicles and think this is the future and that you guys should be doing it as well. You know, they, they literally take the day out, drive there, sit there all day. Um, you know, we might feed them a sandwich every now and then just to keep them smiling. But in general, you know, they, they're doing it out, out, out of the goodness of the industry to try and help people understand how this is something that they can use for their own business. And things like that, are, you know, are, are perfect, you know, for this this expo and another reason to get you, get you to go along. Um, one thing that we're trying to do new this year is more about health and well-being. So the original idea, you know, this is a concept we had when we first sat down talking about the expo, was we wanted it to be an MOT for three things. An MOT for the business in terms of you being a drive instructor, an MOT for your car. So the dream for us was, you know, we would we do work with QuickFit and Michelin. The dream was that whilst you're there, you can get your car checked over and, you know, hopefully somewhere down the line that's going to happen. Um, and the other thing that we've sort of never really cracked was for yourself, you know, an MOT for you as a person. Um, and we get that a little bit with mindfulness and, we, you know, we've got people speaking about how to deal with certain things and situations as, as a person. Um, but, you know, we're sat in cars most of the time as drive instructors, and I say we, the royal we, not me. But, um, you know, bad backs are common. You know, are people eating healthily? You know, so we've, we're trying to get, and we're just waiting on confirmation. And um, who knows, by the time you've edited this, Terry, you might be able to put a little caveat on this. But we're trying to get some blood pressure tests um to come along like diabetes checks and things and again you don't have to do it these are all just there as optional things just to keep you involved um and make sure that you come away from the day happy you've got some good stuff for your business you feel a little bit better about yourself and i think you can speak for 99 percent of the people that walk out of the expo feeling saying that they feel quite actually almost um revitalized and sort of really engaged with the industry and most of the time people are walking out with a smile which is the good thing yeah, I think this is episode 97, possibly 96 overall of the Instructor Podcast. And I think, pretty certain, this is the first time anyone's ever used the phrase the Royal We before. <laughs> um, so that's that's the first. But uh, I think you made some really good points there. And I, uh, I want to touch on them because um, I'm going to tell you a secret and I'm going to tell you an exclusive. So the secret, because you were speaking then about, you know, lots of people being there and how that can be intimidating. I suffer quite heavily or have suffered quite heavily with anxiety. Uh, Also a little bit of claustrophobia. And as Chris said, generally don't like people. So last year it was quite daunting for me to go down. And it was my first time at any sort of event. And I, at that time in particular, knew very few instructors. Um, we got about half a fruit day and I could feel myself starting to get very tense and whatnot. But there's a lovely field and a lovely lake just behind and I went for a little walk around that. I had a chat with some swans for a bit and then come back and mm-hmm. ready to go. And it isn't particularly overwhelming. Like I say, you've got a lot to choose from and it's in a beautiful area. So if you get a bit stressed, you can go for a walk, you can say hello to the swans, you know, do what you want. So yeah, uh, that's how I coped last year. The exclusive, uh, and I, I don't even think I've told you yet, this rich, so I suppose you could overrule me on this, but uh, there will be a competition uh, for the expo. 
and the prize will be uh, a year's subscription, a free year subscription to the Instructor Podcast Premium. Now, this applies to my current members and it applies to anyone that wants to join up new. So if at the expo you come and have a selfie taken with me and you post that on social media and tag in the Instructor Podcast so I can then go and find it, within the next week or so I will do some kind of draw and whoever gets uh, picked will win a year's subscription to the Instructor Podcast Premium. So as I say, if you could still sign up now and you could still get that at the time because it's for new and existing customers. Uh, So yeah, so that is that. I think it's also relevant, because we haven't done it so far, to mention the date, which is the 2nd Mm -hmm. of October. Uh, What time does it kick off? Um, We kick off at the moment, um, we're just sort of debating, but uh, we typically kick off about half past nine. Cool. Is there anything else you would like to mention on the expo, Richard? No, just like like I said, obviously thanks for you guys for uh, for supporting us and thanks to everyone that's come along so far. Without the people and the driving instructors there on the day, the event really wouldn't be what it what it is so far. And um, it's gone from strength to strength. We've seen people return, we've seen new people show up, and you know if we can get anywhere near that thousand people this year, we'll be absolutely buzzing. But you know we, we never stand on our laurels. We always try and develop the expo. if you've been before you will still see things that you've not seen before Um, and that's the whole point really is keeping it fresh making sure that we appreciate people are taking a day out of their their world right now and actually in a in a time when we spoke about cost of living and whatever else where we know you can be out there earning money from driving lessons we we need to make sure that you take it if you're taking a day out that it's well worth your while and you know that that's our job and if we don't do that we want to hear um, what you want to see instead if that makes sense so um yeah we're all looking forward to it and um it's all set to be a great event yeah makes total sense and i think the thing i would throw in there is you think about the fact that love day riders going again and, and she was there last year if that was an event where 50 people were turned up love day riders unlikely to go and it's that sort of thing where the more people that, that go the more you can then sell it to a other people to then come and present to you not i'm gonna say a better quality that's the wrong term but a different quality a different caliber of of uh, in, uh business and industry is coming in so uh yeah the more people that go the better and uh, i for one will be championing it for the next month or so uh chris anything else you want to touch on on the expo no i, I look forward to seeing lots of people there and um seeing what's new and you know it's it's great and also seeing the people that you know you you start to build relationships with that are not driving instructors. People don't have to have a green badge for you to have a chat with them about the job. There's some awesome insight from those that don't. Um, And the only other thing that sort of stood out to me, um, because one of my other hats that's outside of the industry is I do business coaching with a number of different businesses, different sectors. Um, If you don't know what to do and where to start, go along to the expo grab as many business cards, leaflets or QR codes as you can um, and then book a session with someone. They don't have to know about driving instructing. Book a, book a session with a, a coach of some kind to, to just kind of put your life in order a bit and figure out what's right for you. And, you know, all the things that we've mentioned are things that are, you know, ringing bells from my, from my other hat um that are things sit down with someone who can help you put it in in shape uh if you can't find anyone give me a shout because i'll happily do it but um you know it is yeah i I think an hour of your time with with someone to help you make a plan for the next year or even next month um would be 
a, a, a worthwhile investment. The last thing I'm going to say just before I wrap up, and I will give you both a chance to come back on this if you want to, is uh, just about uh, finances a little bit in the sense of we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, personal slash professional development on this episode. And all three of us run different paid services. And I'm a big believer in paying for what you believe in, for what you use. I, I really do believe that. Um, there's a podcast I listen to, my favorite podcast ever, The Evolution of Horror. They run a Patreon, a premium subscription, which I pay £10 a month for. I don't listen to a lot of that because I don't have time. But the amount of enjoyment I get from their regular podcast, I'm just paying for that mainly. So I'm a big believer in that. However, we are going through a cost of living crisis. So what I would be suggesting to people personally is just to take that step back, really look at what you can get for free. So you can get things that from the DITC for free. You're obviously getting this for free. The Expo is free. Intelligent Instructor generally is free. You, know, you get all this stuff for free and then really spend some time considering what you actually want to invest in, what's going to give you the most. And just as one tip, as a, oh, I think my maths is right here, but you can get the Intelligent Instructor Plus, I believe it's called, uh, a DITC membership and the Instructor Podcast Premium for less than 25 quid a month. And I think if you went for those three, I think you're doing all right there. Um, so, yeah, I think that just take some time to really invest in the free stuff and because there's some quality free stuff out there. We, we kind of joked about podcasts before, but there is Dipod. I'm a listener to Dipod. I listen to most episodes. I love the fact that they seem to have increased their, their episodes. So it almost seems like two a month now rather than one. Um, the um, the did podcast is out there. Their, their magazine, Kit Magazine, is out there. So, you know, you've got all this other free stuff that we've got access to. Utilize it, see what's right for you, and then look at what you can afford and really dive into it. So uh, anything you want to touch on with that, Richard? No, I, th- I think you summarized that really well. I, th- I think, like you say, have a look at what's out there. Try things for free. Um, don't let budgets hold you back in terms of, thinking that I can't even start on this personal development journey because there are lots of resources that you don't need to invest in. Um, and then once you find something that you're really passionate about and you really like and you think you're going to enjoy and get something out of, then understand, you know, what budget do I have for this? What can I set aside? Um, and, and, you know, like I said, in business, you have to set aside a budget sometimes and say, right, you know, this month we're going to make this, next year we're going to do this or whatever, and have a little pot of money that you say, you know, this is just for me. This is for, for me to invest back into myself. Um, and, and you know, Chris will be the best man in in this room for sure to talk about that. But I, th- I think you summarized it really well. Anything you want to touch on there, Chris? Um when you have got memberships, make sure that you look at what the savings are and the benefits are that you get with it. We're all, you know, we've all done the bank account where you get X, Y, Z as benefits and never made use of it. Um, you know, if you've got DIA membership, then check out what the DIA offer you as part of that membership because you might be able to save a few quid somewhere. Uh, to mention our own, DITC members can qualify as long as they've got an ADI badge or they've passed their part one, if they're a PDI onwards, um, they qualify for student discount cards, which is worth its weight in gold. Um, and it probably actually is. That's probably a factually correct thing. Um, but it, it's the number of people that are members that haven't got the student card. Um, I just had a week away in the Isle of Wight with the Kaz and the kids and we, um, you know, we, we saved going out for, for food. We, we saved on entry into different um, yeah, activities and events and things just because we've got student cards. 
Um, so yeah, um, you know, make sure you're making use of what you pay for. Don't pay for it if you're not going to make use of it. We, we'd all rather that you invested it somewhere else. The other day, someone said, I've got enough money for either the DITC or for the Instructor Podcast. I said, well, go on you know, to the Instructor Podcast, pay for that, then check out the DITC. And if you can't break even with the, um, with the student card, then don't worry. If you can, it makes it free. It's only £6 a month. Um, so, you know, yeah, look, look at, look at things sensibly. Um, no one's asking you to, you know, pay money you haven't got. What we're saying is you might be able to find some cash, um, that you could invest in something else. So considering, uh, Chris took that as an invite to go completely down the plug rabbit hole, uh, Richard, do you want to just tell people what they can get from the instructor at, at the Intelligent Instructor Plus? Yeah, so Intelligent Instructor, we've been running a, a membership scheme for a very long time, actually, and it used to be circling around the magazine, and we used to deliver that magazine to your doorstep so that you didn't have to rely on getting one in the post. Uh, obviously, like I said, that, that doesn't uh, actually exist anymore. So what we've been trying to do with Intelligent Instructor is, um, much like Chris has said, actually, almost try and make it so that the money you pay, you're saving in other ways and other places. Um, so one of the things we give out is, um, our sister company, First Car, have a lot of uh, magazines. So we developed the Young Driver's Guide, um, which is like an all-encompassing 116-page magazine that goes to learners, and that's sort of all about your theory test, your, your learning journey, getting your car, everything like that, which can save you a huge ton of money in terms of some of the advice in there. Um, and then it also got a parent's guide. So that goes to the parents and that explains to them why it costs what it does to learn to drive now and why it doesn't just take four hours like it did in 1972 or whatever. So, you know, again, not necessarily monetary value, but can benefit you hugely in terms of dealing with learners, pupils, um, parents, and actually understanding um, why you're teaching them in a specific way. Um, and then obviously discounts on specific products that come uh, from time uh, time to time and our masterclasses. So for example, um, you can come and join join Chris on a masterclass in September. Um, that normally set you back 36 quid, which like Chris said, tax deductible, of course. Um, but if you're an IO Plus member, it'll only be 24 so, you know, if you um, take one every every quarter, then you're actually getting your IO Plus membership for free um, because you're saving £12 on the masterclass every time. So, um, you know, it's all about um, making sure that, yes, you have to invest a little bit of money, but if you can get that back in another way, then, you know, um, it actually works out cost neutral at, at worst, I would say. Awesome. And uh, while we're taking the opportunity, the Instructor Podcast Premium uh, has a wealth of content. There are currently nearly 60 exclusive shows over there, including the most recent one with Emma Cottington, where she joined me for the seventh episode of the Standard Check Checklist. And I was going to say it surprised me. It didn't surprise me, but it was very interesting. She took me down some roads, skews upon, that I didn't think I would go down. Uh, some shedded some very... Uh, some new light on some topics I haven't come across before on the Standard Check Checklist series. And there's about six hours worth of stuff on that Standard Check, and we're only on the, the seventh competency. So that's pretty awesome. But again, there are over almost 60 shows over there. With At the minute, there's five being added every month, including Bob Being Better with Bob Morton, San Harper's ADI Mindfulness, and Robin Bates's um, ADI Growth Audience Growth Podcast. The last one of those, by the way, we recorded is uh, an absolute stonker. It's not out. It's out next month. It's out in September. But we are talking about how you can grow your audience with out of the box thinking, and that 
was amazing. Um, but there is also stuff by me alone, like alternative routes where I give you ways you can develop your driving school without doing it the normal, well-trodden 80s way, uh, newfangled modern ways. And the last thing I'll mention while we're talking about discounts, if you sign up for the Instructor Podcast Premium for £10 a month, you will get, I'll oh, see if I can remember all these, a 33% discount off of Bob Morton's Client Center Learning. You will get a 16% discount off uh, GoRoadie subscription. You will get a 10% discount off Sam Harper's Mindfulness Courses. You will get a 50-50% discount off of anything that ADI slash PDI doctor has to offer. And the latest one is you'll get a 25% discount off of a subscription. Uh, with the Coaching for Geeks Turbo. So yeah, plenty of content and plenty of discounts over there as well. And as I said, you can get the DITC, the Intelligent Instructor Plus, and the Instructor Podcast Premium for less than £25 a month. So if you are looking to spend a little bit less maybe than some places may offer, but still get a whole heap of quality, I think you could go not go far wrong with those. But, gentlemen, it has been a wonderful episode. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I love talking CPD. One of my favourite topics. So thank you for joining me, Richard. Oh, thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Uh, thank you for joining me. As always, Chris, sometimes a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.